This is Superfood Sundays, a plant-based podcast with Chef Lynette. I was reading a lovely passage this morning from one of my hippy-dippy books, and it was just talking about like self-love and self-forgiveness and how we kind of really have to start with us, especially when we're tired and frustrated or angry, which I think a lot of us are running on a different set of, you know, we're not at our full capacity yet. You know what I mean? And it's exactly. forcing me to have much more attentiveness to how I, like just today I put the breathing reminders back on my phone that I had not had for like over a year. And I was talking to a good vegan friend of mine yesterday and we said like, wow, what if we put, you know, a reminder on our phone three times a day to breathe, you know, to have a snack, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at, just kind of really prioritizing self-care and like I said, self-love and and really recommitting to the stuff that's just, you know, the foundations, checking in on people, checking in on my mom, you know, not judging them if they're not completely on their vegan journey because we all started somewhere and just really extra scoops of gentleness for myself and others. That's what I'm really working on at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because I know that, you know, your background in performing was really, really supported by your parents who were both performers and so that really came naturally so I'm always wondering with folks when it really comes to wellness and just all those things how did it start I was born with a massive gluten intolerance and I'll be 55 in July which I can't quite believe but I remember back in you know the turn of the century no I'm kidding in the early mid 60s late 60s my mom was like why is she always sick so I had the most wonderful pediatrician Dr. Ross and he was so calm but He was like, get that child of yours who's like sick all the time, stomach sick on almond milk, this, you know, soy that make her little, you know, make her bread from scratch and all that kind of stuff. And so my mom was like, girl, you know, you're lucky you had me as a patient mom because she goes, there wasn't Whole Foods and there weren't grocery stores that had that. So I have had a really bad gluten intolerance, so much so that when I test, you know, do allergy testing, it's hysterical because they're like. Um, we don't come up with any gluten allergy. I'm like, I know because I've abstained for so long and it makes me feel like I have a punch in the stomach, not even indigestion. And we can't really, uh, we don't really, our bodies don't know what to do with gluten because it's just inflammatory. So a good friend of mine, her, we both get, we are both migraine sufferers and her doctor said, you have to get off gluten. It's just inflammatory. So it's just, and it doesn't really have a whole lot of nutritional value. So you can have you know, brown rice, sweet potatoes and quinoa and all that stuff. You actually get protein and more nutritional value. I love sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes and just regular baked potatoes. But anyway, my mom was a good cook. She's a Southern lady and she always just cooked great things. She made us have a salad and vegetables at every meal, but we ate meat growing up for sure. And what's so interesting is I think we have like, you know, a familial association, a sexual, you and your, you know, partner used to order, blah, blah, blah. We all have associations with food, right? When we were kids, we ate this, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, on our way to go visit our great grand aunts, grand, what was her name? Aunt Virgie and Aunt Irene. They were my, I think they were like my great, great aunts. And we would visit them down in Tennessee. And what was so interesting is we would come back from visiting them for the first part of the summer. And the second part of the summer, my sister and I would go to camp and we'd have to go get, you know, go to our pediatrician and get a checkup. And he said to my mom, uh, Martha, I don't know how both of your daughters have high cholesterol, but they do. Cause you know, they were just giving us eggs and bacon and eggs and ham and all that stuff. And, and I knew that I didn't feel good as a kid. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel I was sick a lot. And from very early on, I could not digest any kind of milk or milk products. 
And if something was, if there was like pasta with butter or a sweet, a potato, baked potato with butter, I could not digest it. Such a sensitive digestion system that I have. And I was so, I'm so grateful because looking back on that, first of all, it's another species milk. So we don't do well with that for obvious reasons, right? Especially we're in this room together here talking amongst fellows, right? And so I knew on some level as a little kid, I was not supposed to be eating that. It didn't agree with me. You can't digest it. And there's, that's why. But I love that my mom always made us have veggies. So I always knew to have veggies and salad. And I was in charge of making salad. We had chores in seventh grade. So I had a good work ethic and a good palate for veggies and salad and stuff like that. And then my dad. (laughs) That's amazing. You worked the salad bar. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And then my dad. Sorry, he's opening up the door for the doggies. So that's the alarm. But my dad was also a pretty healthy eater. So, you know, so I thought, and then I guess maybe when I was in high school, um, oh, at some point though, by the way, my mom went through a divorce and she was like, okay, here's your uh, tuna helper and here's some pasta and uh, a bite of, you know, steak. And I remember just like, she would put a time, she wasn't, she was just a single mom at that point, trying so hard to raise two kids and she's a working actor herself. And she would put a timer on me at the table because I knew that what I was eating, I was not digesting. It made me sick. I would get headaches. I would be sluggish, intestinal stuff. And then I would sort of hold on to it at school and I always have to excuse myself. And she didn't know. She was just like, okay, are we done with the gluten intolerant allergy thing? Okay, great. Then and we're back. Here's some pizza, you know? So I was like sick all throughout high school into my early college years. So I guess at the end of high school, early college, my dad had had some heart stuff. And he's the kind of guy, even if he were to eat no meat, we all know this, our bodies produce cholesterol. That's why we don't eat anymore, right? And under stressful times, hormonal times, our hormones change up, down, sideways, we get older, our cholesterol goes along with that. So my dad had some heart stuff and I was very aware. I was like, I think I could be done, but my brain tells me, tells me like last night or Friday night, we made burgers. We made, you know, plant-based burgers, gluten-free buns and all that stuff. So whatever my taste buds associate with things quote back then, you know, family times, get together times, there's always a plant-based alternative and it's a choice, a choice of what I ate and eat. And so I knew at some point that I had to make somewhat of an adjustment and then I started pretty much just being a pescatarian until I got mercury poisoning and felt absolutely terrible. It was terrifying. I felt so sick. I almost had to go to the hospital. And then I ate really clean as a young adult and into my 30s. And then I, with my ex, we went back to like, oh, well, let's do grass-fed beef and, you know, free range, you know, eggs and all that stuff. And it was interesting because my cholesterol stabilized. I felt good. But I didn't feel ethically good, and I hadn't really done my homework on still the cholesterol issues. And I've always rescued dogs. My mom, you know, we always, always, always at our house rescued animals. We just did that all the time. The neighborhood dogs, we would find, you know, the whole street would get one of the babies from the rescue mommy. So I'm so grateful for that. And anyway, I think what happened was, well, I know what happened was when I went through this terrible breakup, I knew from a very spiritual friend, she said, you know what? You're through the most horrible, worst part of it. Go be of service. Go be of service. So one of my best friends, Fia, she is a great comedian and screenwriter, film writer. We've created a great pilot together called Do the Voice. It's so silly and so much fun. You guys would crack up. And anyway, she, her day job at the time was working for the Humane Society, trying to stop the seal clubbing campaign. 
And so I knew of her amazing animal activism. And so we began to have a U.S. noted dog meet. There was a U.K. noted dog meet. And she wanted me to help her put on uh, a protest, a very peaceful protest. And I said, no, the, the what meat trade? The cat and dog meat trade? What the hell is that? And so it's a sensitive topic, sensitive what I'm about to say. So I had no idea that in a lot of Asian countries, even here in the U.S. and all over the world, dogs are put under excruciating amount of pain and torture because certain folks will believe that the meat is sweeter, that it gives them virility or it keeps them cool during the summer months, like the Bak Nal Festival in Korea or the Yulin Dog Festival. And I... Wow, didn't know Yeah. And I, the dog and cat meat trade is so horrific because they chop off their paws, they blowtorch them, they boil their hair off them while they're alive. It's all while they're alive. It's the most heinous torture you could ever imagine. There's like paw soup. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. I won't even say what else they do because whatever you could imagine, it's worse, right? And I became involved with a couple of amazing foundations that an activist that uh, really concentrated on bringing awareness to this horrible, heinous tradition. And we started to do some more protests and be associated with this UK group that was also focused on the heinousness of this and trying to help get money and raise money to certain um, foundations and work with the activists on the ground in China or Korea. So I was very involved with that for quite some time. And a dear friend of mine who was so great, we had to form a board, you know, you're forming a 501c3. And my dear friend, it was the way she said it. You know how when someone, it's like being a teenager, one's like, you got to go to your room. There was something about my one friend, Sky Valencia, who I'm so grateful for. And she said, you know what? I'm sure you know of like Cowspiracy and Forks Over Knives. And I don't think What the Health was out yet or Game Changers, but she was... She was like, you know, you might just want, she didn't even tell me what videos to watch. Uh, she just said, you might want to watch a video of how farmed animals are, in quotes, I say, right, humanely slaughtered. And I did. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I made the connection right then and there. I was like, I'm done. So that was so helpful. And it came out of a breakup. And it came out, I mean, you never know, right? You never know what's in store for you down the road. It's like, why did that happen? Well, it's probably to learn how to buy a house on my own. I had to buy the house back for myself, walk through grieving in a meaningful way, and ultimately have a completely different chapter to my life, which is activism and veganism and promoting a healthy lifestyle and really helping people go, you know, it, it's just one day at a time. Like this morning, we made gluten-free vegan pancakes that are so delicious. And, <laughs> and we put lots of walnuts and some almond butter and lots of fruit. I'm so full, girl. I cannot eat until tomorrow. Well, that's not true. I'll probably eat in about a half an hour. But all that to say, that's really sort of how it all, that's sort of my little vegan journey in a nutshell. Do you know what I mean? Like wow. how, and then like, just in the sense, I'm not a great cook. For me, it's about like, what am I not just taking out of my diet? What am I bringing into my diet? If I'm eating the rainbow, then I don't have to worry so much about calories. If I'm using a little less oil, because I know a lot of the food already has some, it's like my boyfriend works at Trader Joe's, the most amazing. They have jackfruit crab cakes and they are so good. That's funny. I was literally going to bring up crab cakes oh. because I know you're born in Maryland and then like the connection between SpongeBob and Krabby Patties. I'm like, honey, exactly. have you found the vegan version of Krabby yes, Patties? I, <laughs> yes, I have, girl. And they're the Trader Joe's jackfruit. And I... You know, it's funny, too, because people are like, well, that doesn't taste like the real thing. Well, your taste buds are going to adjust, you know. And so now I must have had a weird jackfruit sandwich or something. And I was like, oh, and it reminded me of chicken. And it was very sinewy. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. And so these ones are 
phenomenal. And I love Trader Joe's for that. They have so many options that are just like, holy crap, that tastes amazing. You know, and what I try to do too, since I'm not a great cook is um, I'll have uh, even I can make a good lentil soup or quinoa and brown rice and just have a bunch of, you know, power greens, keep them in the house. And so that that's like a base. And then I can put anything on top of that. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm a food delivery plan (laughs) or if I am cooking, I can't say it's like, Oh, there is something in the fridge. There is something I can have. I think that's the key to really having consistency with any kind of anything you're doing, exercise, meditation, eating well, so that you can always set yourself up for, no one's perfect. Of course, there's going to be days where I'm a complete junk food vegan. Duh. And there's going to be days where I, days on end where I like forget to meditate. Those are usually PS, the days I needed the most. Hell yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's sort of, I hope that's a very long-winded answer to your question. (laughs) Totally, totally. That was the whole origin story. It's interesting because like literally you answered the Krabby Patty question because that was literally going to be one of the questions. Um, That's exactly what I would call a Krabby Patty is the one, the jackfruit ones from Trader Joe's. They're so delicious. Oh my God. There we have it. Pearl Krabs has entered the (laughs) chat. (laughs) So awesome. Um, You are a board member of the Pickle Pants Animal Rescue, correct? Yes. My dear friend Karen started Pickle Pants Rescue because I rescued a husky shepherd at the Pasadena Humane Society when my girl, Audrey, who was a Greyhound pointer mix, when she passed away, I literally, you know, when you hear something and like, I heard the name Pasadena Humane Society. I knew that, of course, they existed like three times in one week. I'm like, all right, get your ass in the car. You're supposed to go there. So I did. And he was this Husky Shepherd mix and he just kept waving at me. I must have looked like his prior human or it was a God thing. I don't know. Dog is God spelled backwards. Right. So I was like, okay, that's my boy. And I was thinking about him and thinking about him. And lo and behold, you could put a dog on hold. I was like, this is great. This is like shoes at Macy's or Saks. You get to put the dog on hold so that nobody else could get <laughs> that <away>. dog, <laughs> which is a great way to do it, right? So I went back and I was like, I, I couldn't sleep that whole night. I was like a little girl, like Christmas Eve. I was just crying. I'm like, when is Santa coming or when can I go get Frankie? So I got Frankie and my roommate at the time said, Franklin Picklesworth. And for some reason, Frankie Pickles or Frankie Pickle Pants. And then I rescued a white doggie off the street, this little white fluff ball, I think like back in 2002. And the day that she was rescuable or adoptable from, I think it was like South Central. I forget where she was to be rescued, but it was so traumatic. I like was on my way to uh, an audition and I just pulled over and I said to my agents, I'm so sorry. I've got a, a dog rescue on my, my hands. I'll, I'll have to pass. And so they were already used to that kind of stuff at that point. And the day that she was able to be up for adoption, I couldn't go because I was rehearsing a film during the day, doing a film during the day, and I was in a show at night. And so a dear friend of mine, this big Yugoslavian lady who I love, she was like, I'm going to go get the dog. Her name is Malena. She's an amazing dog, animal rescue. And so she said, I have Gracie, your little white dog. I will adopt her out because she, everyone will want this little one. She goes, but I have a very <laughs> handsome uh, black guy in the back seat. And I said, oh, my God, great. I said, bring him over because I wanted to, to re-meet Gracie. And so she basically had seen this big black doggy wagging his tail, big kissy face, newfie chow mix. And when she went to go get Gracie, because she could pull from the from the the, the shelters directly because she was at her own rescue. And then the lady next to her was was opening the cage for Harry, Harry Pickles. And she said, good for you for getting the big black dogs. Nobody wants us. And she goes, no, actually, I, 
I work here and it's his time. And she said, bleep that. Give me the dog. That was who was in the backseat of her car. And when she came over, we just cried and we had a bottle of wine and just like burnt ticks and fleas off of him and just cried. You could tell that he had been abused. He had paint on his butt. Every time you went to touch him, he would just flinch, but he would give you these big kisses. And so those were my boys. Those were Harry and Frankie Pickles, Pickle Pants. And so then my dear friend, Karen, she had never grown up with dogs. And the first time she met Frankie, she just started sobbing. I was like, oh my God, what just happened? What the hell is going on? And she said, I, I don't know. He's like, is he like, is he God and a dog? And I said, possibly. I mean, my view of a higher power, sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's nature. Yeah. It changes a channel, right? So I don't have like an entity or a being as my God or higher power. Sometimes again, it's you guys, it's nature, it's whatever. And she just cried and she goes, I swear to God, there's something about your dog, Frankie, that is like godly to me. And she was like obsessed with him. So she started an amazing rescue, Pickle Pants Rescue, and was getting just especially dogs that had a lot of handicap issues, a lot of seniors. And that's wonderful. So that's my story about my babies. And now I have two little babies, which I'm still getting used to little dogs. Um, As little fur babies, we're going to get a third baby and we're going to, you know, they find you. So I usually get them off the street and find some way to get them, you know, cleaned up and healthy and and then have them promptly on the couch and sleeping on the bed as they should be. Right. All right. And, you know, the other organizations that I absolutely love is Animal Help and Wellness because they do so much work about the dog meat trade. And I especially love Sea Shepherd and I absolutely adore Another rescue, Barking Bitches, which is where I got my other Barking Bitches. Oh yeah, Barking Bitches, <laughs> and they're uh, Woofow, which is Women United for Animal. I can't remember what the second A is, and some of those gals had worked at Animal Health and Wellness, and now they do their own thing. So it's very much empowering women and all the amazing work that they do, bringing pigs and a, a bunch of other animals, not just dogs, especially out of Puerto Rico. It was one of their first big missions. So I can certainly repeat those, or you guys should definitely follow them and support them. Woofow, I'm not saying it right. So ladies, if you're listening, I apologize. And then of course, my dear friend Paige and everybody from Jane Unchained, Jane yes. Velez Mitchell and I, yes. all the yes. fabulous reporters and ladies yes. that run that which is how I know you. So thank you, Paige. And everybody that's with Jane is just a phenomenal daily activist carrying the word of veganism. It's it's incredible. We finished New Day, New Chef, which yes. is phenomenal. And so we get to be co-hosts and we did the fourth season and it's exciting. And it was just wonderful meeting all sorts of like a, a vegan baker because I'm like the worst baker, but I probably would be okay. It's probably not as hard as uh, I think. And then, you know, meeting rock star Miyoko was like, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, totally. totally she is best butter. Oh, on the planet it's and so to watch good her do it in like six seconds flat so oh you'll see gosh. all this one when I you get to for that. yeah and yeah. right now it's on amazon prime and and pbs and then you'll see it in other places very soon that is a really cool high profile place which is awesome yeah. and it, for me i think it's like finding like what are like the okay first of all i had a dietitian years ago say what are the three things you're going to cheat on chocolate okay great almond butter yes and i forget what the third one was at the time and i feel that same way about with veganism like you know like the, the impossible burgers, the beyond meat burgers, they're not, you know, they're still technically, they're not whole foods, you know, they're not exactly. a raw, but guess what? If I set myself up to eat a raw vegan diet from just for me, I won't stick to it. I, I know Most I won't. people won't. Most people it's won't. The, you know, you, a lot of times people set up these bars 
you know, for themselves because in a mm-hmm. way they don't necessarily want to win. So they put up, they, they, people love to hear mm-hmm. good news about their bad habits. I always say that. People say, oh, so I can't true. be healthy. I, I, need a, I need a $700 Vitamix. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not one damn bit. <laughs> no, no I just don't. got a Vitamix like last year and I still just end up doing my shakes in it. But I think if you know, like, you know what? Okay, I do well. Like, know yourself. Like, I yeah. do well with stuff in the fridge. Simple stuff. Like, if I keep the base. Yeah, what are your favorites? I know you, you right. the self-proclaimed it's, non-cook, whatever. What, you know, what are your go-tos? What are the things that you really do excel at? Exactly, <laughs> right. What you got? I love, I lo- well, I love doing lentil soup, putting a couple different lentils in there, just putting a little bit of, you know, garlic and onions. Let that just do its thing at the bottom of this big old pot. And then putting carrots and celery, easy, even I can do that. The lentils, water, and then at the end, we have to like, we have to hide greens everywhere yes. because none of us, yes. none, none of us are eating enough greens. And at the very end, I take like a whole thing pre-washed cause I lazy and I put the whole thing like plop into the lentil soup and it's amazing. And I, and, and of course some salt and pepper and I, I don't do a ton of, I mean, I, I don't have to watch my salt. Thank God. Even though mom and dad have low, uh, higher blood pressure, I don't have to watch that for some reason, but I do put some salt in there. And then I like eat that for the whole week, especially like, let's say you're going to go work out and you're like, I need a little something, you know what I mean? Cause you're like, I don't want to work out. I'm hungry. Have a spoonful of that. It's in the fridge. And then an old roommate of mine turned me on to something. I'm sure it's way too many calories, but at least it's my biggest meal of the day in the morning. I wish I was a just eat fruit or just had a shake. I want like something yummy and cozy. I have one cup of coffee in the morning because God knows I don't need it. Um, I'd be chattier than I am, but I just love having <laughs> oatmeal, extra flax in there. I put some Alma powder, which I also use in a shake from a great recipe that my dear friend Lisa Carlin gave me from a breast cancer doctor, Christy Funk, which I'll tell you about in a second. But in my just oatmeal, I put extra flax and I put a little dollop of like nut butter and as much fruit as I can find. And sometimes I'll remember to put the Alma powder in there and then some either walnuts or slivered almonds, a little bit of extra oat milk and a cup of coffee. And it's like Christmas morning, like every, every damn morning I'm excited for my oatmeal. And I know that's insane. Wow. Right. (laughs) And that's a quote. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, some people be like, that's too many carbs or this or that. And perhaps it is, but in the morning it grounds me. I feel much better eating breakfast and I find my metabolism works better when I eat breakfast. And then I'm more likely to just start off the day a little bit more clear headed and focused, you know, and then I know this is, we're talking about cooking, but I tried out during the pandemic, a daily harvest delivery food service and they have these shakes and I just add tons more greens and I'll add maple syrup and I'll add some more fruit. And like, again, I'm a big fan of just adding in nut butters and I know people have allergies to nuts, but you could add tofu. It doesn't matter. You know, the taste of tofu in a shake, you're like, that's disgusting, right? doesn't matter. Add some tofu, add some squash. You know, because the thing about shakes, it'll really cover it up. It's not, it's not, it's not what you think in the greens. It's not what you think. Like literally you put a little bit of sweet fruit in there and you can't tell and you're getting what you know. Cauliflower is another one too, right? Yeah. Right. And I always feel like whatever's in your fridge, put it in that damn shake. Like whatever is in there, you're like, that's gross. I have four cucumbers, put the date. I thank you for talking about dates. So the, the shake that I really love again, my dear friend, Lisa Carlin, 
and Paige probably knows about this too, but Dr. Christy Funk, who is a breast cancer doctor, she herself got breast cancer and she made up, you guys can look it up. I think it's just under Christy Funk's shake. And it's like two cups of greens, deep, dark, leafy greens, right? Like a solid cup or maybe even two cups of veggies, turmeric, black powder to make the turmeric work, almond powder, which is the biggest antioxidant you could could even imagine. And all about green tea. I hate the taste of green tea. I don't care how decaffeinated or if it's pomegranate tea. I don't like it. So she said something so great. I watched this great video. You guys have to watch her um, do it. It takes like five minutes. And she cuts off the bag of three, like for me again, decaf, three decaffeinated tea bags, puts it in the shake and boom, look at all that antioxidants and anti-cancer, you know, anti-cancer, just, just amazing shake that has so much antioxidants in it. So the greens, the fruit, the black pepper to make the turmeric work, the almond powder, date, I put in two because I love dates that keep you regular. They're sugary, they're yummy. It's a good sugar that our body needs. And I know I'm missing something else. Flaxseed, I'm missing something else. I can't remember. And if I'm hungry, I will again, again, put, if there's even tofu in there, in the fridge, I'll put something else in there and there's something else I'm missing. I'm going to look it up while we're talking, but that sometimes is something that I'll have in the afternoon. And then we do this crazy, like quesadilla at night. We have like corn or Trader Joe's now has, I think it's quinoa. Oh shoot. What do you call it? When you roll it up in a quesadilla, it's called a brain fart. Oh, taquito. Yes. Yeah. A little, yeah. So then we do that and he, my boyfriend will put it like in the, in a big, in the pan and just flip it. So no oil, flip it. Then we put like vegan mozzarella cheese and then we'll put that jackfruit and mushrooms, tomatoes, avocados, and you roll it up and there's your quesadilla. And that I could oh literally gosh. eat that every day. That's amazing. So I'm just curious on just over the years, kind of going in and out of these places, A, you know, how are you navigating craft services? And then also... This is an interesting question because most folks might have to eat something when you're acting in person, but because of a lot of the things that you do or voiceover characters, do you ever get freaked out by some of the things that your characters are eating or that you have to Right. Eat? Well, here's something that's really interesting. And I thought, you know, I'm a journeyman working actor. I've been fortunate enough to be working since I was a kid, but you know, I, I get hired and fired every day that, right. That's what a freelancer's life is, no matter yeah. what line of work yeah. you're in. Right. Hired gun. Yeah, exactly. So I remember this was a couple of years ago. Once upon a time, there was a commercial for healthy choice lunch meats. And I need to, I was in a position where I was like, honey, stop going in and out. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. Hey, okay. Dirty joke. So I said, uh, I said, <laughs> That took me like a beat to kind of like, right. oh my gosh, Lord. My friend Mary always goes, I haven't heard that since my wedding night. Sorry, if anyone's offended by that, I apologize. I got, I got, I got a crazy, inappropriate sense of humor. So anyway, I said, I thought to myself, self, you're not in a position to turn anything down. Keep an open mind. Maybe it's about their bread or it's something funny, right? So long story short, I get a call back and then I was like, oh shit, right? And I told my agent who was lovely and I just said, you know what? Um, just so you know, in the commercial, we're not having to eat anything. We're talking about healthy food. So I was really happy because everybody was like, the gist of the spot 
was us each like I was like the one finding bees in the in the jungle and somebody was like I pressed my own grapes and so we were all sort of weathered from finding you know stuff in the forest and of course I was foraging for bees which I really stick obviously with with maple syrup or agave now but anyway I like the premise that everybody was talking about healthy foods and holding healthy foods right and then for the callback I said let me see the script oh no I think they sent it because we each had a line at that point or more lines or something like that. And I could see that we all had to, this lady basically came out with a, a plate of sandwiches. And I said to my agent, I, I won't be able to do that. I, I can't do that. And so I, and I was like, I, I didn't make an excuse. I just said, you know, I, I'm not able to do that because as a vegan person and as a gluten-free person, I won't be able to eat it at all. I'll, I'll be wildly sick. And so I said, just let them know. So, and I'm sure some die, diehard vegans might be very upset with me with this, but this is many years ago, like 10 years ago, maybe longer. And at the callback, you know, you go and you slate your name. Hi, I'm Lori Allen, 5'7". Do you have any food allergies? Yes. Will you eat meat? No. And they still wanted me. And I, I never put, I put it up to my mouth and I threw it away and I washed my hands in between each thing. So that I probably wouldn't have done that at all now do you know what I mean I, I wouldn't yeah, do that yeah yeah everything is 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 relative to the situation and I think the biggest thing with this diet and lifestyle and just mentality is just the word grace grace on yourself grace absolutely. on others is, is such absolutely. an important thing absolutely yeah. because we all start somewhere and and you're more likely to to be able to really reach someone, you know, attraction, not promotion. And so I really mm, think that like, that's a cool, that's a bar attraction. Yeah. Not well, it's promotion. from, Love that. it's from 12 step. We can just borrow it from the, oh, the 12th okay. tradition of 12 steps, but good program. So anyway, the, the, the next thing I really encountered was two more sort of levels to this onset experience that I can make a meal. And I know you guys can all relate to this of sides, right? So mm -hmm, they were, mm -hmm. oh, and they'll say, oh, here we have like fish and chicken. And I was like, can I just get a baked potato? And oh, those collard greens they have collard greens on the set. And she was like, oh, and we have this flourless chocolate cake. And she's like, is that going to be enough? You know, the, the first AD or the, whoever the, the base camp girl is, who's giving you your food, is that going to be enough? And I said, yeah. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go get some green beans and then put some almonds on top of it. And she was like, wow, is that going to be enough food? I'm like, there's pro I'm so sick of that. Is there any protein in that? Yes. There's like 12 grams of protein <laughs> in what I just described. Right. It's like, and are you about to build a pyramid? No, <laughs> exactly. Ridiculous. I'm not running a marathon, but what I just described has 12 grams of protein in it. It's just not animal protein. Exactly. If I get that question one more time, it's like a vegan's bad you know. You know, nightmare. <laughs> and then the other thing is recently, so sides, that's really helpful to know because family even acts weird. Before I go back to the onset question, I was in Nashville visiting my sister and they were out at a restaurant. And this is a real ethical question. I am not going to only eat at vegan restaurants. I am only going, I'm not going to eat at all because that's, I can't, I can't narrow down my life for me right now. Anyway, never say never. Right. But I, I love my non-vegan friends and family, you know, and so I'm not going to not go out to eat with them. They're probably, I, I will not go to Burger Joints anymore. None of us stay, not that. Of course, that's definitely nowhere on my list. Not Shakey's either, right? Because I know Shakey's was your first commercial. Right. That was my, <laughs> and I got so sick because it had wheat and cheese on it. My dad was, was like, it? man, why are you keep throwing up during the shooting of the car? I was five. Oh my gosh. I was just gosh. like, Shit, you know. Shakey's was like the buffet video. though for me, like growing up. Like oh, I know. We, we would go, we wouldn't go that much, but I remember distinctly like Shakey's and the buffet. It was like a big deal. So when I read oh, that, I'm yeah. like, wow. 
wow, that like brought back memories of like me and my family going to Shakey's, but yeah, not anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know they the still same, exist. <laughs> same fun, but there you go. See, so there, there's a really interesting example, right? Of something that's familial, that was joyful. So you can make your, oh, that's another thing. So we take like that cauliflower crust pizza and put mushrooms and eggplant and vegan cheese and artichoke carts and you can make your own pizza in like 20 minutes. So there's, I'm a big fan of all the stuff at Trader Joe's and you can just make your own quesadillas and your own pizzas and stuff like that. So there's anything that you quote used to like that had animal flesh and animal products in it that none of us digest well. And we don't want to ingest that torture because there's no such thing as humane slaughter your taste buds if they remember from happy times there's a healthier yummier version of that that you can make that you can eat but to this quick nashville story so this particular time i and i i take it back it wasn't a rib place but it was a place that served ribs and everything rib ish so <laughs> yeah rib light rib light rib, rib 2.0 and so she came over to me and you know, i got a lot of folks from the south and the waitress was like, well, hey, honey, what do you want? And I said, do you have collard greens? Are you about to make soup? Can we do it without the ham? And she goes, you just want? And I said, I'd love that and a baked potato and some olive oil. And she said, that's all you want? And she looked at the table. And she said, that's all she wants. She only wants a plate of collard greens and a, and a, and a baked potato. And everyone, to, everyone whose belly, P.S., could not reach the table but mine. I And I am not a skinny little thing. But I was like, <laughs> oh everyone God. was so heavy. And I'm watching people eat and I was able, you know, you wonder why you're tired when you're eating meats because you can't digest it. We're not supposed to be eating that. So but anyway, much. food coma, I, food coma, food coma. So I'm a big fan of putting lots of sides together. My friend and I, we had the most amazing meal. We had Brussels sprouts and hummus with gluten free. Well, I had cucumbers, actually. She had pita bread. And then we split this faux calamari that was in rice batter. I mean, you have to be willing to be a pain in the ass sometimes and ask like, can you hold yeah. this? Can you do that? Yeah. And yeah. I'm so sick of being teased. I could give a shit right now. I don't care. Because yeah. I'm the one that still looks 45, not to be cocky, but I'm also the one that sleeps better, that digests that part, better. That and part. I'm not eating, I'm not eating death. So there you go. And then the last time I was on set, I worked on Kirby Enthusiasm, which is really exciting, but they had amazing options and their craft services. And there was a guy and his lovely daughter and they would pick it up with tongs. And so I was like, can I just have a little thing of trail mix? And they had like coconut slivers and they had coconut water and they had something else. What was it? I think they just had like a thing of peanut butter. And then I had like, I brought apples because sometimes I'm said I'm nervous. I'm so excited that I can't eat. I'm like, oh, so I had that ended up being my lunch trail mix, apples dipped in nut butter, coconut slivers. Right. So that's enough for me to call. Right. So it works. You know what I mean, when yeah. you're performing, you know, in the beginning of something like you, I mean, you don't necessarily want like a full stomach, you know, you just want something to, to keep you going and, and to keep that energy. So I, I mean, I get it for sure. Yeah. So that's, you know, and it's just really being able to like stick by your values and, you know, at restaurants where, or when you're in different States that aren't as, you know, woo woo healthy as sometimes, you know, thank God we live in for that. I live yeah, in Los Angeles. LA. I mean, I, we're super lucky because everything say, is I, like, gosh. So I just say I have an allergy, which is true. Because I don't want to get into it with people. It's not my business. It's not my place. I yeah, Again, attraction, not promotion. And so I get to just say, hi, do you have an alternative? Because I have an allergy. I do have an allergy. I have a spiritual, emotional allergy to it. Wow. To yeah, eating animals. That's a, that's there. A... That explains why you can't eat fill in the blank. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Oh my gosh. It's, and if it's, your mother looks at you across the table and says, I didn't know you had an allergy to blah, blah, blah. You say, yeah, I, I can't eat that anymore. It doesn't agree with me. 
I can't eat it. Period. Exactly. You don't even have to explain to your mama why you can't eat that. It doesn't matter. Um, when it comes to wellness, it's funny you brought up spirituality and I'm just thinking woo woo and all this stuff. And one of the things I was thinking about is powers, like magic powers, kind of going back to the fact that one of your characters was the invincible woman. And I think that that yes. is like so the incredible. The invincible woman yeah. from the Fantastic Four. So I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if you could pick any superpower what would it be? Obviously, you're close to Invincible Woman and you kind of have this idea, I'm sure, like, okay, this is how Wakanda store to go down. But would you pick something else? What would it be for you? As Sue Richards, the Invisible Woman, she was part of a team and each person had a special power. And hers was going invisible so that she could, like, fight crime, not in an evil way, but so that she could stop you know, ne'er-do-wells and wrongdoers, right? It was really cool. P.S. I got to work with Stan Lee and that was awesome. And on family got to work with Seth MacFarlane, who's the most brilliant person that I know. And SpongeBob, we're still going. So that's cool. And we're all live underneath the sea. So we have, we have an affinity for our under the sea creatures. But in terms of if I had like Sue Richards, Sue Richards, the invisible woman, gosh, what superpower would I want to have? Um, I know this sounds so woo-woo-y, like I've been living in Los Angeles for 25 or 7 years that I have, (laughs) but I think it would be to spread spread compassion, especially for ourselves and for others, because, you know, we're in a time where I feel like we're so hard on ourselves. I mean, for me, it's all about self-esteem and self-worth, and do I deserve to be loved? Do I deserve all the self-care I'm giving myself? And if I don't take care of me first, I'm not going to have anything left for the people in my life. I'm going to be short-tempered, judgy, you know, have, have unreasonable expectations of others. And so I feel like if I could just let everybody know that they're enough and that they deserve, like, I, again, for my morning literature, I, I love that's like, I deserve to have a good day. Everybody deserves to have a good day. Everybody deserves to feel good. Everybody deserves to eat well and and feel good and do good out in the world. And there's no end to compassion. And this leads me to something that I've I've always wanted to talk about this, and I have before. But, you know, when people will say to me, why are you an activist, you know, only about the dogs or about veganism here in the United States? There's literacy. People are on the street. I'm like, first of all, there's no limit to compassion, which is what my dear, dear friend and amazing activist Elaine Hendricks said to me. There's no end to compassion. I do read to kids. I do. I give any leftover food and I carry like granola bars and, and nobody deserves to go hungry. But let's say taking care of older folks or the deaf community or wanting to help out with tutoring kids or, you know, it, it, it whatever your thing is that you're called to do, do that. And then the compassion just spreads. It's like that Fabergé commercial, I'm dating myself, but like, and so on and so on. (laughs) So what I'm thinking is that we can spread this compassion like the Care Bears from back in the day. You do like the Care Bears stare and then you can just like shoot it out to everybody, right? Yes, I love that. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's how the superpower would go. (laughs) And it would just go to everyone. And like, yeah, I think also just always being willing to be willing, right? So willingness, like my word of the month, are you willing to just say, you know what, I'm going to do meatless Mondays, I'm going to be willing to take gluten out of my diet, just because it doesn't serve any nutritional value, and it's inflammatory. And I want my workouts to be better and have quicker recovery time, I want to digest better. Am I willing to post something about like, wow, I'm going to try a plant-based, I'm going to do a plant-based month. I'm going to try oat milk because it's so yummy. You know, it's just being willing to do one simple thing and then building habits. 
I forget what the science is on that. You know, it takes 21 days to build a new habit, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just like, are you willing to try something new? Because otherwise, you know, the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same thing over and over and getting exactly. the same results. So why not try something new? You can always go back to it. We can always return your misery, right? If you're still eating crappy and still feeling shitty spiritually, you know, I just was finishing up a little video for Mercy for Animals. And for me, it's about making the connection with veganism. We do not eat our, our companion animals. And so for me, one of the videos that my friend suggested that I told you about when I first was on my vegan journey was, can I envision, and you see it all the time, but can I put a cow's face next to my dog's face? And the answer is yes. And there you go. And so, you know, and when you do, when you do dig a little deeper and find out that the boy chicks, for example, you know, get ground up because they're, they don't serve a purpose and that they just keep basically raping a, a female cow to have her have babies and then yank them right away from her. You're just like, I don't want to ingest that. I don't want to, I don't want to sign up for that. I don't want to have that in my body. I, I don't want that. And, you know, it's also finding what foods, again, like, okay, so if I'm doing more plant-based, wow, my stomach is going, what the hell is that? Okay, great. I'm going to look into some digestive enzymes. Like, I'm not a good raw vegan person. Like, my stomach can't always yeah. handle that. Most Stupid people aren't. Most stomach. people aren't. You know, it's right. a balance. It really is a balance of, of figuring it out. You think about a tomato. If you cook the tomato, you get more lycopene. And if you don't cook the tomato, mm. then you get, you know, vitamin C. So it's about figuring out like what works for you. And I think the biggest thing for folks is that before you even think about changing your diet, you have to really up level the mindfulness that you have, because it's going to be about you figuring out exactly what works for you. We're all different, all snowflakes. <laughs> so <Yeah>. we got <laughs> we got to really think about that. And everyone wants a one size fits all. And obviously we're not all the same size and we're not, right. you know, we don't have this background. You know, food is tradition, it's culture, it's convenience, mm -hmm. it's all these things kind of baked into where, sorry, you're going to have to kind of figure a little bit out yourself. But if you really want this and you really want that longevity, you'll go for it. You'll go for it. Well, I know for me that I feel better. I feel I sleep better. I digest better. I have more stamina and my workouts are different and I'm not as sore afterwards. And also like even with supplements, you're like, really? I There's not a lot of supplements actually you have to take if you're doing a more plant-based diet, which is great because you're getting all that from yeah, It's in food. the food. It's in the food. Right. So you want some omega help and you want some B12. All the B vitamins are so good, antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial rather. And But I found these yummy like turmeric ginger gummies. And it also helped because I got a sweet tooth like nobody's business. Me too. So I'll take those. <laughs> I will take my multi- my women's vegan multi over 50 vitamin and also our palates change. What we need as we get older, like, oh, I need more calcium, magnesium. You know, yeah, I work yeah, out. I'm yeah. 55. Bone stuff runs in my family. So it's like, all right, great. Let me look up foods that have calcium. Let me make it yummy for myself. And let me go. Oh, I just burnt the hell out of it. Every single time I do Brussels sprouts, they come out great. Cauliflower, I suck at it. Like, you know. And so it's just a matter of trying things and being willing. That's, again, my word of the month, you know. Learn more at superfoodschool.org.